only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Recorded live. For the 373rd time, thank you, Mr. Dave. The Focus Society of Overachievers is live on this beautiful Tuesday, December 4th, 2012. Uh, I want to take a few minutes uh, uh, to dedicate this show in honor of a woman who I think uh, was, well, the most outstanding woman I've met in my life. It was my mother, who would have been 90 years old today. She passed away two years ago. Um a young lady who, uh, <laughs> you know, I guess epitomized what we thought of in the 40s and 50s of the uh, American housewife. Uh, my mother raised her family. My father worked his two to three jobs while they were planning to open their own business, which they eventually did after the kids were raised, but uh, that still gave them quite a bit of time. Um, my mother was the best woman at her job that I've ever known, and uh, I really appreciate all that she was able to instill in me and my sisters as we were growing up. And the most important thing is that we were important and that we should spend our time expanding our own horizons and learn to think for yourself. There were never any pat answers, uh, neither from my father nor my mother, uh, it wasn't uh, a dictatorial society. It was one that allowed even young children to expand and think for themselves. And, of course, they were uh, wise enough to enroll us in schools that allowed that same attitude in grammar school and through high school. And then I chose to attend a university that also allowed us to think for ourselves and not listen to uh, someone pontificating about something that they uh, uh, they assumed was reality. Of course, I took scientific classes, so uh, there's basically, other than the basic natural laws, which are irrefutable, uh, science is one of those wonderful fields where you can question everything. And I think that's... Uh, and come to your own conclusions. Write your own papers and uh, decide to change the world. That's fine. We're joined today by Lori Polina in St. Louis, the warrior goddess. Gerara King, a brilliant young author and his... Uh, I guess he's getting into his late 30s now, now published five books, sixth book coming out, two of which are required reading at the major universities in the philosophy department. Uh, Gerara has been uh, hanging out on our show for five or six years, and a lot of the material and thought processes that he has put down on paper were generated from, from the thoughts that he here heard here and the discussions that he heard here, and then, of course, he formulated his own convictions. We have been discussing a book that was written in 1938, published in 2011. The reason it was not published in 1938, it was considered extremely controversial by the author's family. They uh, encouraged him not to publish it. When he passed it away, his wife would not let it be published. She passed away in 1980, and the, the manuscript fell into the hands of her niece, who again would not allow it to be published 
And finally, it was in the property of the foundation, the Napoleon Hill Foundation. And in 2010, uh, the foundation under new management decided that this book has a place in history, which it definitely does. Uh, any of you listening for us, to us in the first time, please go back several, several episodes. I don't know exactly when we started discussing this book. There's a little I at each episode that tells you the title or the, or the content of the episode. Um, it's amazing when you do read this book, and by the way, it's available very inexpensively. Uh, right now there's uh, good soft uh, cover editions in the 6 $7 range. You can go to Best businessmindset.com forward slash backslash whatever it's called devil d-e-v-i-l outwitting the devil it's available uh, very inexpensively i recommend anybody who's interested in focusing their lives to generate the lifestyle that they desire that they read this book because it's done in an interview process where Napoleon Hill is interviewing the devil and the devil tells him how he's able to control the majority of the world, which uh, what amazes me is what he says in 1938 here is so applicable today, especially in the United States of America, which has fallen over itself to become uh, an entitlement-minded country. Uh, the voters expressed their interest, uh, their desire for this. And uh, I believe in the next four or five years, we will see a, to uh, a total disruption of the American society that has been pre prevalent and predominant for the last couple of hundred years. It was a type of society that my parents left uh, Europe to move to uh, so they could enjoy freedom because we weren't allowed to enjoy freedom. And uh, here in this country, my parents were allowed to be as free as they wanted to be. And uh, that's what they did. And that's why they enjoyed wonderful lives uh, up into their 90s or late 80s anyway. Again, happy birthday, Mom. Uh, she was born uh, December, December 4th, 1922. What a wonderful, powerful woman. Soft, beautiful, uh, very opinionated. <laughs> that's what made her so great. And uh, a woman full of love, and she cared for her neighbors, her family, and her friends. Thank you very much, Mom, for having you and Dad make a personal decision to allow me to come into the world. Thank you very much. Getting back to the business of the day, self-discipline. <laughs> it reminds me of my mother. Self-discipline is something that they encouraged and very strongly. Again, Napoleon Hill is interviewing the devil to find out what it is and how the devil can be so powerful in the world today. So this whole book, except for the first part, which explains the prelude, how, it, how we got to this book, uh, with some of Napoleon Hill's personal uh, relation, uh, re relating about his personal life that most people aren't aware of. Uh, definiteness of purpose is a phrase that Napoleon Hill used extensively in the book Think and Grow Rich. Uh, and as most of you know, I read that book uh, in 1960, became a, uh, a mainstay or a, a pillar in my being able to develop the lifestyle that I decided to develop. Definiteness of purpose. Uh, question on the beginning of ch chapter 10, page 186 in the hardbound copy. Napoleon Hill asks the devil what preparation must one undergo before being able to move with definiteness of purpose at all times. 
The devil's answer is one must gain mastery over self. This is the second of the seven principles. The person who is not master of himself can never be master of others. Lack of self-mastery, lack of self-mastery is of itself the most destructive form of indefiniteness. Where should one begin when making a start at control of over self? The devil says this, and I suggest anybody listening today, tomorrow, and in the future, if you don't have a copy of the book, I will say it clearly. You might want to write down these three important things. By mastering the three appetites, mastering the three appetites responsible for most of one's lack of self-discipline, the three appetites are the desire for food, the desire for the expression of sex, and the desire to express loosely organized opinions. Does man have other appetites which need control? Yes, many of them. But these three, the desire for food, the desire for the expression of sex, and the desire to express loosely organized opinions, are the ones that need to be conquered first. When man has become master of these three appetites, he has developed enough self-discipline to conquer everything else. Um... The devil goes on to talk about the desire for physical food. The majority of the people are so weak in self-discipline, they fill their stomachs with combinations of rich food which please the taste but overwork the organs of digestion and elimination. Just a perfect example of where this country has gone, deteriorated, and, and why possibly the American public is willing to uh, become sheep and, and be dominated by, by the select few, it, it is, it, the evidence is just look at the obesity problem. The obesity problem, when you see a, a country uh, as obese as this country is, it's, not, uh, it, it's very understandable how, how people could uh, uh, roll over. Well, they're roly-poly, and it's easy to roll over when you're roly-poly. And, and, and the reason this has come to be is it has been very easy for people to sate appetites improperly. Uh, I'll never forget when I first heard it, and it still rings in my mind today, the most clever advertising jingle I believe that ever hit the United States was McDonald's, you deserve a break today. I never could understand why you deserved a break today. Most people never did anything. And why driving away from your home to purchase some purely unadulterated crap and put it in your stomach was allowing you to deserve a break I could never understand. Now, I do remember in my youth, walking home from school, we happened to have McDonald's number five, the fifth built McDonald's, on my way home from school. And once a week, my mother would give me 50 cents. And as a treat, just as a treat, I could stop and buy a 19-cent milkshake and a 19-cent hamburger. I didn't like it. It didn't come anywhere near the taste of the lunches that my mother made and provided for us in the sack every day. It, it, never, it never came anywhere close to the breakfast that was provided for us every day and the dinner that we sat around the table as a family and enjoyed. 
And it's interestingly enough, most of those meals fell in well into the budget of the, quote, McDonald's meal. Now, going back a few years, we're talking the 50s, and uh, obviously I know the food costs have gone up, but so have wages. Uh, it just amazes me that people are actually being paid $25, $30 an hour for doing things that I can't understand, you know, why. The, and then some people, like people working in the government in Washington, D.C., are being paid $100 an hour or more for doing what I call menial tasks, but that's my opinion. Uh, so, so, so the cost of the food is, and we know today in the United States that where food represents the lowest percentage of income, earned income, of any place in the world, that a family can eat. This the big mayor's thing right now. Uh, what is his name? Mayor Booker, who's going to try to live on food stamps. Oh, the poor four dollars a day. I'll tell you what, dude. I can show you how to eat like a freaking king at four dollars a day if you're willing to get off your arse and buy some good food and good fresh food. Uh, and uh, you know, it, it can be done. It can be done anywhere in the United States of America. So. This BS about uh, food, good food costs more than the poor people can afford is pure bunk in my estimation. And, uh, of course, if we keep feeding people bad food, we can, can get them obese. We, they're easier to control, maybe. I don't know. Majority of the people are so weak in the self-discipline, they fill their stomachs with a combination of rich food, which please the taste but overwork the organs. They pour into their stomachs both quantity and combinations of food which the body chemist can dispose of only by converting the food into deadly toxic poisons. These poisons clog and stagnate the body's sewer system until it slows down in its work of elimination of waste matter. And after a while, the sewer system stops working altogether and the victim has what he calls constipation. I'm going to go through, uh, breeze through... Uh, uh, the uh, person that edited this book and actually got it published, uh, the lovely Sharon Lecter, has some notes in here. And one of her notes on this section is, Here again, Napoleon Hill is far ahead of his time. Science eventually caught up with him and even surpassed his intuition about the physical processes and how they link to mental and emotional health. Because a person, I mean, I, I was obese in May, as many of you know, and I made the conscious decision to stop being obese, which I'm no longer obese, and all it took was my getting back on track of self-discipline. And while I'm doing this, I'm also having a wonderful time helping other people do the same thing. Now, I'm not out on the street corner on a, on a soapbox, but when people come up to me and say, whoa, wow, uh, what did you do? And I said, well, all I did was blank, blank, blank. That is to make a conscious decision to change my lifestyle and uh, get rid of bad habits and uh, take upon myself some good habits. And it's not a difficult thing to do, especially if you can uh, discipline yourself. With a surprisingly good, uh, good-tasting shake mix that you Well, that, that's, one, that's one part of it. Yes, Laurie, and I want to emphasize that. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's one part of the plan. Now, I'm also trying uh, something else next week, uh, and the reason I'm trying it is it might be a little less expensive. I'm not going to make an actual determination until after I've tried it. In other words, that's part of life is to, is to seek new knowledge, try new things, 
and uh, you know, see if you can come to the the things that work together. Okay, but we'll we'll have more about that later. Um, improper. The devil says, uh, "Well, if you wish to be absolutely correct, you should say that improper eating is responsible for the majority of all ills of the body, and practically all headaches." If you want proof of this, select 100 people suffering with headaches. Give them each a thorough washing out of their body sewer system with a high enema. This is a really exciting conversation. Observe that no fewer than 95 of the headaches will disappear. Uh, the devil talks about auto-intoxication, and, and the food can become auto-intoxicated. Napoleon Hill says, I ne- go ahead, Laurie. Think about at Thanksgiving, after you've eaten that huge meal, why all of a sudden you feel like a big old, you feel like a big old teddy bear and all you right. want to do is lay down and sleep. Well, there's actually, th- you know, we, we know that there are chemicals in the turkey that have a lot to do with that. <laughs> Trip to thing. I mean, that's, that's, that's Yeah, but that's, you're absolutely correct. Because kind of yeah. uh, all you want to do at that point is lay down and sleep. Because right. you've overloaded, intoxicated, and overloaded your system, and you're and and, and you know j- just as an aside on that same thing, we don't have to wait for Thanksgiving. One of the reasons I got obese over the last three years was that I changed my lifestyle habit, not consciously, kind of slipped in, and I was too lazy to change it, knowing that it wasn't doing me any good. And one of the things is I was eating a large meal in the evening and promptly going to sleep. Waking up then and snacking. Well, one of the greatest, uh, the easiest things to do for me was to change my my habits into five meals a day, and I, I don't do that anymore. It's you know it's kind of amazing how your whole thing and you can lose. I've lost thirty two pounds and about twenty inches of body fat, so that's kind of exciting for me anyway. If anybody'd like to know more about it, drop me an email, Chuck. Bartok at gmail.com. It's not just one thing that I did. It's a combination of things, changing habits and changing your mindset. Uh, And it does work. I feel really great, Uh, better than I have in the last probably 15, 20 years. Napoleon Hill then goes on to uh, talk to the devil about number two, which is the emotion of sex. This relates directly to Chapter 11 of Think and Grow Rich, The Transmutation of Sex. I suggest people, uh, if you haven't read Think and Grow Rich, we do offer a free audio version and a free text version. You can go to the simple website, thinktorich.info, think to, number two, grow rich, thinktogrowrich.info. Sign up and uh, you'll be delivered the audio version of uh, Think and Grow Rich and a beautiful text version. Uh, no obligation, no charge. It's all yours. Enjoy. How can one master the emotion of sex? The devil says by the simple process of transmuting that emotion into some form of activity other than copulation. Sex is one of the greatest of all forces which motivate human beings. Because of this fact, it is also one of the most dangerous forces. If humans would control their sex desires and transmute them into a driving force with which to carry on their occupation, 
That is, if they spent on their work one half the time they dissipate in the pursuit of sex, they would never know poverty. Do I understand you to imply there's a relationship between sex and poverty? This is Napoleon Hill asking the devil. Yes, where sex is not under definite control, if allowed to run its natural course, it will quickly lead into the habit of drifting. You know, well, I'm not going to talk about the most recent events in the news this weekend, but, uh, you know, uh, we men today and women, unfortunately, have, have been, I believe, uh, hoodwinked into believing that they have to be a certain way to be successful. Uh, in my life, I've learned differently. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll... Well, we've we've been we've been handed a bunch of BS that that it's all about getting a piece of something that God intended in a totally different way. God right. intended um, to be in an ordered fashion with only one partner. That's our life partner and. Um, I just a faithful, loving, long-term relationship, and it's not about getting a piece. But see that that's that runs contradictory, uh, Laurie. To to you deserve a break today, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Um, and and I happen to have a very good um, relationship in that sense. I would good. trade what I've got for. Any amount of money the universe could offer. And, and because it's there in that state, you're allowed to pursue other areas with more vigor. And, That's and right. Because you don't have to worry about what people think. That's right. Napoleon Hill asks on page 190, is there any relationship between sex and leadership? Yes, all great leaders in every walk of life are highly sexed, which is true. But they follow the habit of controlling their drives. Now, a perfect example is a former president of the United States. He couldn't control his drives. Now, everybody I know idolizes him because he does epitomize the modern concept of what a man should be. And in my mind, in my estimation, he, he absolutely is the antithesis of that. I mean, just looking at the man, I listening to him, I, I, I can feel no emotion whatsoever. The man is totally self-serving, has absolutely no feelings for other people, and has spent... Uh, and, you know, we can blame it on the fact that he grew up in an environment... It doesn't matter what we blame. He had the same free will that other great leaders who walked a different walk have had. I can't even stand to listen to him. <laughs> I understand. Anyway... Uh, follow the habit of controlling, switching them into a driving force behind their occupation. And, and again, I'm going to, if you re refer you back to Chapter 11, uh, Sexual Transportation of Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, you know, spent 20 years interviewing the most powerful men in the world of his time, living with them, spending the weekend talking to them, becoming part of their lives, and every one of them to a person. Uh, had wonderful relations with those that were, you know, some people's wives had passed away, but uh, had wonderful relationships with their wives, and their wives were extremely powerful in the relationship and were probably one of the instrumental reasons why. But what these men did, they didn't have to worry about trying to be somebody to somebody else. 
their wives already knew who they were, just like Lori expressed her own feelings a moment ago. So therefore, they could, uh, Mr. Edison could concentrate his efforts into perfecting the incandescent light bulb and all the other inventions. Henry Ford focused his time and energy on developing his dream of providing automobiles for the working man. And under great duress, yes, but since he wasn't spending his time worrying about other things, see, I mean, I, I reflect back to the recent news, the, these generals, that the, uh, one of the reasons our, our military efforts have been Eh, is possibly that the leaders of the military were not focusing where they should have been. They were spending most of their time focusing somewhere else, which uh, possibly might have been directly responsible for a lot of young people not living long enough. I, I don't know that. I don't have facts on that. Why does the world look upon sex as something vulgar, Napoleon Hill says? Because of the vulgar abuse people have made of this emotion. It is not sex that is vulgar. It is the individual who neglects or refuses to control and guide it. Do you mean by your statement that one should not indulge? No, I mean that sex, like all other forces available to man, should be understood, mastered, and made to serve man. The desire for sex expression is as natural as the desire for food. The desire can no more be killed than anyone can entirely stop a river from flowing. If the emotion of sex is shut off from the natural mode of expression, it will break out in some other less desirable form, just as a river, if dammed, will break through and flow. The person who has self-discipline understands that the emotion of sex understands the emotion of sex, respects it, and learns to control and transmute it into other constructive activities. Because when you respect it, it's a beautiful gift mm -hmm. given by our Heavenly Father. Absolutely. Thank you very much. That was a very nice, nice expression, Lori. Thank you. Just what, is the, what damage is there in overindulgence? The greatest damage is that it depletes the source of man's greatest driving force and wastes, without adequate compensation, man's creative energy. It dissipates energy needed by nature to maintain physical health. Sex is nature's most powerful therapeutic force. I still maintain that there's an insidious conspiracy to keep men subservient by constantly advertising things like Viagra. I mean, who gives a diddly squat? What a crock. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. It depletes the magnetic energy, which is the source of an attractive, pleasing personality. It removes the sparkle from one's eyes and sets up discord in the tone of one's voice. It destroys enthusiasm, subdues ambition, and leads inevitably to the habit of drifting on all subjects. Those of you joining us for the first time, go back and read the book or listen to past episodes about how the devil controls the population by teaching them to become drifters. Napoleon Hill says, then I would like for you to answer my question in another way by telling me what beneficial ends the emotion of sex may be made to attain if mastered and transmuted. Controlled sex supplies the magnetic force that attracts people to one another. It is the important factor of a pleasing personality. 
It gives the quality to the tone of voice and enables one to convey through the voice any feeling desired. It serves as nothing else can serve to give motive power to one's desires. It keeps the nervous system charged with energy needed to carry on the work of maintaining the body. It sharpens the imagination and enables one to create useful ideas. It gives quickness and definiteness to one's physical and mental movements. It gives one persistence and perseverance in the pursuit of one's major purpose of life. And it is the greatest antidote of all fear. In brief, it makes winners, not quitters. Are those all the advantages you claimed for controlled sex energy? No, they are only some of the important benefits. Perhaps some will believe the greatest of all the virtues is that it's nature, nature's method of perpetuation of all living things. This alone should remove all thoughts that sex is vulgar. I gather from what you say that the emotion of sex is a virtue, not a fault. It is a virtue when controlled and directed to the attainment of desirable ends. It is a fault when neglected and permitted to lead to acts of lust. So why aren't the truths taught to children by their parents and in the public schools? The neglect is due to the ignorance to the ignorance of the real nature of sex. It is just as necessary in maintaining health for one to understand and properly use the emotion as it is to keep the body sewer system clean. Both subjects should be taught in all public schools and in all homes when there are children. Wouldn't the majority of parents need instructions? Yes, and so would the public school teachers. What relative position of importance would you give to the need of accurate knowledge of this subject? It is next to the top of the list. There is but one thing of greater importance, and that is accurate thought. Do I understand you to say that knowledge of the true functions of sex and the ability to think accurately are the two things of greatest importance to mankind? That is what I intend you to understand. Accurate thinking comes first because it is the solution to all man's problems. Accurate thinking is aided by properly controlled and directed sex emotions because sex emotions is the same energy as that which one thinks. It begins with those who desire self-determination sufficiently to be willing to pay its price. You know, I think one of the saddest things that I see today is the rate of teen pregnancy. Mm-hmm. They and are coming down, though. That That is, you know, kind of, trying, true. To, trying to be positive a little bit here. True, I, and it is, and I think that is because... Um, there are, I know there are those of us who are trying to teach our children properly that that it is a gift and and how it needs to be controlled. Um, I I think that the thing that that always amazes me is to hear the the young teen mom say, "I didn't know it was going to feel like this." To what it was going to feel like, number one, to be pregnant, but number two, all I wanted was somebody to love me. Right. It's it's intertwined with that need, our basic need for belonging. And if they don't find that anywhere else, then they cry out for love to the 
in the wrong instance and get get themselves in a world of in a world of hurt. Hmm. The uh, that's an interesting thing. The need for being wanted, and uh, it's amazing how we've now reflected that into the other uh, to the act. You know what I mean? Right. I I think that's that's one part of the degradation of it. Really, I think it's so everything is so skin saturated today. Get a piece of of flesh that we don't. There's been a total taking out of the concept of that drive is is a part of being of belonging and being a part of a unit that is meant to be un, unbreakable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's what's so sad is to hear a lot of these girls say. I wish I'd known that I wish I'd known that that this wasn't I mean now now I'm tied down with a baby that I I don't even know what I'm what I'm supposed to do where I'm supposed to go all I wanted was somebody to love me Right Yeah well see that, that that's what I'm saying is is that they're they're equating those two things you know, as being alike, and they're not necessarily alike. That's that's tr- that's what I'm saying. It's, yeah, it's yeah. so sad. Yeah, well, it's the old thing, you know. Well, if you love me, you'll do that. Well, anybody who asks anybody to do anything as an expression of love does not understand what love is. You don't ask right. people to do things regarding love. Your your only job is to give, not to ask. And and that's right. that's a whole uh, that's a whole you know that that we could spend a year on that. <laughs> <laughs> we so, could. Um, okay. I'll tell you what I I just it's it's my goal to communicate with my daughter, uh, especially at the age she's at right, right now. You don't need any any fella trying to tell you that they're you know that. They they love you yeah. it's like it's like sweetheart at your age they don't know what love is okay <laughs> <laughs> forget about it wait a few years let them grow up for a while well you know it, it's interesting I I was taught that you can't love anyone else unless you love yourself that's now right. that's been that's been bastardized and messed around with by words but you have to understand who you are before you can share with anybody else. So if we spent our time, and again, within the family unit, and and, uh, and if we're encouraged by our parents to learn to think for ourselves and learn to formulate who we are and how we're going to operate, create our own definiteness of purpose. And when we're pleased with that, when we're happy with that, then we have the opportunity to share with other people. But up till that time, we're more or less going out with our palms out asking instead of our palms down giving. Uh, again, we could spend a lot of time on that concept. We've talked about it many times on this show before. Free expression of opinion is the direct result of knowing how to think. 
Napoleon Hill asks at the bottom of page 194, what other disadvantages are there in free expression of opinions? The, the devil says the person who talks too much informs the world of his aims and plans and gives to others the opportunity to profit from his ideas. Wise men keep their plans to themselves and refrain from expressing uninvited opinion, uninvited opinions. That's a little different because yeah, this is a show and you know anybody can do what I'm doing and they can express their own opinions. Nobody has any. Nobody's demanded to to listen to this. <laughs> Nobody's compelled to listen to it. Conversely, in our university classrooms today, people are spending huge amounts of money to listen to people who are blathering idiocy, and they're compelled to do that if they want someone to give them quote a grade, and that's based on their one hundred percent total agreement whether or not that which is being told to them is true. Wise men keep their plans to themselves and refrain from expressing un uninvited opinions. This prevents others from appropriating their ideas and makes it difficult for others to interfere with their plans. Why do so many people indulge in the habit of expressing uninvited opinions? The habit is one way of expressing egotism and vanity. The desire for self-expression is inborn in people. The motive behind the habit is to attract the attention of others and to express them favorably. Gerara writes books sharing what he believes in, hoping, wishing, and knowing that there are a group of people who want to, but nobody's forced to read his book, well, unless they happen to be in the one or two classes, and it's probably suggested reading. Nobody can force me to read a book, that's for darn sure, not in this country anyway today. If I want to read it, that's one of my prerogatives. And if I don't like what I read, I can put it down, burn it, throw it away, or give it away. Why do so many people indulge in the habit? <clears throat> the motive behind the habit is to attract the attention of others and to express, impress them favorably. Actually, it has just the opposite effect. When the self-invited speaker attracts attention, it is usually unfavorable. What other disadvantages? person who insists on talking seldom has the opportunity to learn by listening. This is a talk show. Thank goodness Lori has joined us in conversation today. <laughs> and she knows that she can interrupt anytime she wants. <clears throat> well, I wanted to be on topic as much as possible, but I just I've learned so much Chuck with over the years with this program. Um I certainly would not be the person that I am today without having learned the truth that I have through this very program. So We're honored by that statement, but the reality is it's you that made that happen. You know, well, I made that happen, but only after I found uh, this program and this program taught me the kinds of reading the kinds of training and study that I needed in order to do that. Okay. I understand that a little more clearly now. <laughs> but we can't take anything away from you because you were the driving force behind what it was that you changed for yourself. I'm going to go back here because we're going to wrap it up real quick. Um, Napoleon Hill says, 
Isn't it true that a magnetic speaker often puts himself in the way of opportunity to benefit himself by attracting the attention of others through his powers of oratory? Yes, the devil says, a magnetic orator does have an asset of tremendous value in his ability to impress people by his speech, but he cannot make the best use of this asset if he forces his speech on others without their invitation. No single quality adds more to one's personality than the ability to speak with emotional feeling, force, and conviction. But the speaker must not impose his speech upon others without being invited to do so. It is an old saying that nothing is worth more than its actual cost. This applies as well to the free, uninvited expression of opinions as to material things. What about people who volunteer their opinions by expressing them in writing, as Gerard or myself when we write? Do they also suffer by lack of self-discipline? One of the worst pests on earth is the person who writes uninvited letters to people of promise, prominence. But the writing of uninvited letters is a harmless way of finding pleasure through self-expression, is it not? What damage does one do? We have to remember again, letter writing was about the only way to communicate with most people in 1938. Yes, we had telephones, but telephones were not in every home. And uh, we, you know, we definitely didn't have cell phones. <laughs> and that's where, you know, we can get into telephones you know, what do you do when the telephone rings is always a great question. Habits are contagious. Every habit attracts a flock of its relatives. A habit of doing anything that is useless leads to the formation of other habits that are useless, especially the habit of drifting. I'm going to have to leave today. Uh, we're going to come back and finish up the last two pages of self-discipline, talking about the expression of opinion. And we'll start into Chapter 11, Learning from Adversity. Uh, there isn't a lot left in the book, Outwitting the Devil. Uh, those of you that are listening to us for the first time, if you'd like a copy, uh, copies are available at bestbusinessmindset.com slash devil. Uh, there's books available from 6 7 8 $9. Hard cover copies are a little more money. I want to thank Lori Polina for joining us uh, and uh, Gerard King. I did have a good friend, Barry Groover, who tried to get in and said that when he entered 2855 pound, he wasn't able to get in to talk shoe. I don't know why. Uh, Barry used to join us uh, quite a bit in the past, and uh, hopefully he can uh, come back and uh, visit us again. Uh, we, we miss Barry, and, and it'd be great to have him here. Um uh, so we've got to figure out uh, how to do it, <laughs> get Barry Groover back on board. So everyone have a great week. Uh, again, I want to, the show is dedicated in honor of my mother, whose 90th birthday would have been today, a great woman, a fantastic friend, a wonderful mentor, teacher, just everything wonderful. Taught me how to cook, too. I enjoy doing, although I married a great cook, so I haven't had an opportunity to do as much as I probably should more recently. <laughs> so anyway, this is Chuck Bartok from the banks of the Sacramento River uh, asking you 
to uh, enjoy tomorrow. We're not going to tell you to go out and have a great day because you know what? There really is no alternative. It is in your power to control that which happens to you in almost all instances. Thank you all very much. Thank you, Laurie, Gerara, and anyone else listening in the background. Bye-bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.